Hi everyone, welcome to the Sadly Girl podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Sadly Girls. As always, as per usual, if you know, you know, I have here tonight my amazing wanderluster, <laughs> the biggest traveler of this podcast, Bestie. Listen, this is a new title I'm going to give you. Okay? So don't question she it. Went, she went on one plane ride and she's like, yeah. And I'm yeah, I'm going to make, I'm going to make this your personality until the end of the year. I'm sorry. Anyway, here's my lovely co-host. Annabelle. Oh my god, Ooh. Bestie. Bestie, we're back with another with another episode. Um, can you believe it? It goes so fast. Like every time I'm like, <laughs> do we have something else to talk about? But man, we keep we keep on we do coming with uh with new subject and I'm like it's every, every time it's like a conversation a conversation we had and we're like, Yeah, we have we have to mm-hmm. share it mm-hmm. with the world. Absolutely. <laughs> this episode today it's kind of an it's that we're introducing you to our newest premise let's call it that way we're we're trying new things it's 2023 it's almost 2024 but whatever who cares it's 2023 we're gonna try uh some different formulas uh different from the other ones that we've tried before mm-hmm. um tell us tell us anna what's what's this new this new concept yeah, the about new concept is called <laughs> fine line which can be inspired by harry styles but yeah it's called fine line and we're trying to kind of like uh, criticize genre or like popular genre that we see a lot like on social media or even like um in our environment so today the fine line is the problematic with unhinged women so we did talk about sad girls before and we did like give some example of why um this genre it's it's becoming more and more popular or even unhinged we did a episode which is called the highway to classic so we listed mm-hmm. um unhinged books that we thought that will become the canon like in the future um but today we want to we want to critique some books because I f- we feel like more than the books, it's like what you're reading. Criticize what you're yeah. reading. Open your mind to what's going on in the books because sometimes I feel that what happens within the bookish community uh, in general is that we tend to go blind mouth. Oh, yeah. Uh, when it comes to books that we love or genres that we like or authors that we truly enjoy. And I feel like unhinged women are a big part of this conversation. And that's why we wanted to bring it up a little bit. Of course, this episode, it's totally, totally um, our opinions, but also it's an invitation for everyone to like, you know, open your third eye. Open your third eye, read critically, accept the conversations, and you know, come into dialogue when it comes to criticizing criticizing what you're reading. Um, this particular fine line uh, premise was inspired by 
Um, a post that I saw earlier this year by Jan and Things, mm -hmm. it's another bookish friend uh, on the community that was questioning what exactly is acceptable and why do we accept and support certain negative or discriminatory behaviors within the unhinged women genre. Yes. So when when we talked about it, it was so interesting that we're like, oh, we have to share this mm -hmm. with, with the people, with the saddies. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us quickly, what's the unhinged women for everyone who's living under a rock? Because I feel like also there's like the confusion between the sad girl and the unhinged women. They tend to be similar but they are not quite not the same. quite the same <laughs> uh, so the term the term unhinged women in literature typically refer to female character who display behavior or psychological characteristic that deviate from so societal norms or expectation uh, these characters often exhibit emotional instability irrationality or a lack of control over their action and their thoughts mm -hmm. Um, yeah, sometimes they're just a bit unpredictable, you know? <laughs> also, yeah. I feel like Unhinge, we did, we did, um, we did talk about that, like, with womanhood, or also you take in yeah. sometimes, because, you know, you always have that guy who said, oh, you're so crazy, yeah. and you're like, no, this is my reality, I accept it, this is not being crazy, this is, this is me, this is being a woman. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah exactly so yeah however where's the line between accurately describing the female experience and being helpful towards others so today we're gonna we're gonna describe that very fine line like where we're going down the rabbit yes. hole once again and we're gonna give huh? you some examples <laughs> oh yeah absolutely and i'm excited because i feel like not again not everyone's talking about this and it's because we really go blind yeah, when it comes to this kind it's of It's a really, I feel like it's a very new genre. Cause it is quite recent per se, but it has a, it it has been there. Yeah, it has been there. Like we've seen it. But yeah. it's just like, for like, is there a university? But it has seen a boom, definitely. Like, I feel I had one in for like more French Canadian author. Because I don't know why yeah. I feel like French Canadian author just started, like women started writing about their experience. It was it was just like yeah. unhinged, <laughs> like from the from the I... beginning. <laughs> well, if it comes to like scholar curriculum, um, I did have a class, uh, women throughout the arts, yeah. and it was exploring unhinged women or feral women but it was very visual arts you know yeah uh the representation of uh, violence and like you know sexuality and all of this topics that weren't present for women in general mm -hmm. and it was really interesting but honestly i haven't seen something this accurate i know that there's a calliterate who's taking a very interesting class on like um, contemporary literature so I'm guessing this will make its way slowly as um, Gen X start to become teachers slowly but surely, especially millennials. Many of us are very fucking old. Uh, um, it's going to make its way slowly. <laughs> and I'm excited for, for, for people to give their, their own two cents on what the unhinged women in literature are. And why does it matter? And why do yeah, we have I to feel question like, it in general as well? 
like even before the like mm-hmm. 20th century like in literature i just feel like the they don't consider it unhinged they just consider it like bad women it, yeah yeah, yeah. example for classical literature but we were talking about it with because i read cersei and i when i was talking to mm-hmm. elanda about it i was like i just feel like before that she was just portrayed as a yeah i feel like another big example of like that at least like from the ancient world is like medea from uh Euripides, mm-hmm. uh Euripides play and you know medea's reactions are usually driven by jealousy and revenge she's what scholars tend to call uh more of like bad women or like women that weren't yeah following the yeah. gender roles and that were, were like um, maybe they weren't used uh, for comedic purposes, like Medea is not a fun play in general. It experiences a lot of like, you know, um, feelings and emotions that weren't explored in womanhood whatsoever. And sometimes there are certain characters mm-hmm. like Medea that are called proto-feminist in a way um, because of how they are portrayed and how they are attempting to portray women different. Now, uh, many times when it comes to portrayal of uh, unhinged women made by yeah, men definitely. as questionable. <laughs> so um, I will I will take that very lightly when it comes to proto-feminism. And, you know, it doesn't mean that all men were bad in that time period, but it was a very ancient yeah. and different period, right? And so, but yeah, Circe can be one example. Medea can be another one. Uh, from the gothic literature, we have uh, Jane Eyre. Uh, you know, like I feel like she's a great uh, um, portrayal of with like the character of Bertha Mason. Uh, I don't know. It's like one of the okay. biggest yeah. referrals that I, I have. I read White's Sardego Sea, but I didn't read Jane Eyre. Mm, yeah. So White the the it's supposedly no, oh, it's. Mm-hmm what i understood from it like we're going i think it's jean Jean rice like version of like the woman that's supposed to be in the attic in janeiro so yeah i should have read janeiro before that sorry to all the literary people um but yeah so i'm i don't know i thought janeiro as very like as very like how you say very like relaxed so i'm I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised that she she's supposed to be unhinged. Well, compared to like what were expected of women back then, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I guess that's why she fits the genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, she didn't behave like any other women, and we can just uh, like we can just see her descent slowly into madness a little bit. Oh, okay, okay, Maybe yeah. she doesn't act like, for example. Um, I don't know the the yellow wallpaper where like you know you can clearly see what's going on and the commentary on how restrictive uh, gender roles are in society by the Victorian time um, it's clear what's going on but with Jane Eyre I guess because she's very she's not like other girls basically and not in the sense of like <laughs> not in the bad sense. <laughs> Not in the bad sense. sense It's just she behaves in such... Yes. (laughs) (laughs) She behaves so against the norm Uh that I guess that's how and why she's considered... 
like the book is considered to be. And what I appreciate as well is that it was one of the few uh, characterizations written by a woman. So, you know, I'll give it a pass. Um, after the yellow wallpaper and, you know, the white sargasso sea for the 20th uh, century and the Victorian literature, it comes one of our subjects of critic today, uh, yeah. The Bell Jar yeah. by Sylvia Plath. It's the only novel that Sylvia Plath wrote. And, you know, everyone goes wild for the novel. We'll get into the tales, but um, mm -hmm. it's a very popular novel. Everyone who's into the Unhinged has read it or is planning to read it. But there's other people who have been, you know, slowly going away from it and giving chances to other reads that you know they don't read as racist as the bell jar because that's the reality of the bell jar the bell jar is extremely I'm racist kind of, book i'm kind of very surprised that there's like like there's not more example because like oh i'm well, sure there's many yeah, yeah yeah i'm sure there's many more yeah, because yeah. um especially 20th century it was a very weird time where like people were trying to be progressive and women were questioning things around them, yeah. right? Because it is how it is. But, you know, at the same time, it has it like still this... Very con I still yes. feel like there's still a lot of convention, even now. There's still, like, this pressure. So I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I always have Eve Babbitt and John Didion, though I didn't read their books. So I'm hoping to get, by the end of the year their book but i just feel like those people are yeah semi an inch because they're like in the la yeah for sure like jean bidian enters the conversation but the problem like the problem with like sylvia Plath uh, yeah, no, there's it's, it's the another one space. that goes beyond right like yeah. it's the one that everyone like sometimes i feel like people forget that jean bidian and sylvia Plath were in that far from each other <laughs> oh yeah but did, yeah uh, there's something on tiktok but, that you know do that. jean didion does go along with the lines but i'm thinking of like the people who who mention you a book from a certain era they won't mention jean didion for whatever reason which it's kind of surprising for me i guess yeah. uh because i love her works but it's always when it comes to unhinged women it's always the bell jar who comes in first. Like, yeah. I feel like it's the one that's being, like, the more um, recommended in general. I see it everywhere. Uh, it's the, it's the very, very strong in pop culture, even. Like, I, if I remember properly, it's one of the books that Rory Gilmore was reading. At oh, the she sweet, did, yeah. The sweet age of 15. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like that's why... Um, I tried to exclude everyone else and just put Sylvia Plath and, you know, like, since we were talking about Jen Eyre, um, yeah. White Sargasso Sea, uh, I haven't personally read it, but I've heard that, you know, it, it really focuses on what's happening to the woman in the attic. Yeah, um, it was very good. But yeah, like, I feel like everyone, the moment they mention you, unhinged women, classics, blah, blah, blah. The bell jar. It's the first thing people mention. Yep. And everyone goes crazy about it. it. I'm not saying it's badly written. She was very talented. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I guess, like, from if we move on forward yep. after, you know, later the 20th century, we have, of course, Margaret Atwood's 
The Handsman's Tale, very popular. Um, I haven't personally read Doris Lessing, but I read a lot of reviews. It's the Golden Notebook. Um, and you can see how, like, you know, other topics come to play when it comes to unhinged women, right? Like, The Handsman's Tale and The Golden Notebook, they, they question more uh, female identity and mental health and sexuality and you know body autonomy so I guess like you can really see w- the stages of unhinged women yeah, and the how they start yeah. to question different things whatsoever very similar but different focuses I will say and you know from contemporary literature of course I had to add <laughs> Gillian Flynn, Gone Girl and you know most of her characters are very unhinged also trigger warning for anyone who's looking for an unhinged read for this uh, Halloween-y season. <laughs> yeah. She can be very descriptive. Uh, and of course, it is a much fact. I gave Aileen, but pretty much every single book that I've read by Autism Moshpeg is unhinged. I feel like, I think we, we talked about it last night, like Autism yeah. Moshpeg said to herself, like, my goal in life is to write like a white man and don't care about it. Like, just yep. totally... Like, the, just do whatever I want, and I don't care if you like it or not. And, yep. yeah, she she seems to be There's doing great. There's people who absolutely hate her. And, you know, from contemporary literature, we can draw many other names. Mona Watt is one. Um, oh, yeah. If you want to read Bunny. Batman, you know, like... Um, <laughs> There's so many names that we can mention right now in this like 2000s, 2020, uh, 2020s yeah, kind of literature. Cool. A lot of names have come to the play. And, you know, like it's interesting to see how like we've made the movement so big. Unhinged women are not something that BookTok or BookStuff or BookTube, you know, invented like they have always been here but i feel like right now in this time and moment it's uh the unhinged women for everyone i think it, it reached out it reached out a bit more like yeah absolutely because sometimes like at first when i was like on book talk you kind of see always the same books at some point yeah but i just felt like sometimes there was like kind of a crack in the, the application in the app yeah and some some people were like trying new genre and they were they were going like they were going looking for like unhinged women more because they were like first they were fantasy then a bit more romance and then like you see like some people picking up uh, my year of breath and relaxation i'm like oof this is this is a strong one to start with but i'm like yeah you go, i feel like you it also became like a very popular genre because of the pandemic right we were yeah. all going into the descent of madness being home and like i i feel like that's the moment where like everyone tried to read things that were more relatable we didn't want there were people who were like to the extent of the, like reading very heavily fantasy yeah and that's that's the theory that i have on why like sarah j mass became the bigger name that she was <laughs> that's one example but like i feel like for unhinged women and staff books in general it became a necessity for people to i guess you know like have that kind of healing process it's, it's fine to feel like yeah. lonely to feel sad to like 
Yeah, because read. many of these books explore this uh, this emotions and sensations that we all experience, but no one no one dared to talk about them. Like you needed to be like the it person with your super great circle. But I feel like with pe- with books like this people feel enabled to talk about mm-hmm. what's going on and there's there shouldn't be like like a judgment of course there's always someone who's going to judge you whatsoever but i feel like with this kind of genre that's that's why it's important right like yeah it's a very important genre because of what it represents and the topics they the authors tend to write about mm-hmm. um it really reflects on like social constructs and psychological realities in a way like I feel like it really mirrors like especially during the pandemic because that's when I started to read more on hinge women okay. than in, in in other times uh, and yeah it, it 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 just mirrors it, it just gives you that like window to talk about what's going on with you and feel like that relatable feeling I guess Mm-hmm. I feel like that's why also Bookstagram and BookTok became like the bigger communities that they are because a lot of people started to just pick books during the pandemic. There was nothing yeah. else to do even with the internet. The internet had just like bad news all over. So, you know, books, books. I feel like at least that's my theory. I don't know exactly if it picked before, uh, but uh, I feel like the pick pick for like younger generations was was really during the pandemic. Um, oh, but we can talk about like, okay, the problematic that we saw in Unhinged Women. So we have a glamorization of mental health struggle. Um, yeah. So yeah, people just, if you need help, you can get help. Like, anyways, like So basically of, what yeah. happens, what happens with like the entire genre online is that it tends to glamorize mental struggles like i feel like a lot of people tend to think that it's an achievement it's sexy to be this way yeah and you know like people forget the entire conversation and the entire reason why the authors when there's a reason behind writing this kind of characters right yeah they went um it's it's not to for you to become this scarred and unhinged and feral person it's just for you to understand that all of these events led for the character to be the way they are mm-hmm. um like i feel like a lot of people have really made being a traumatized individual something glamorous something that you need to be in order to be a certain way and it's kind of questionable. It's like, are you sure you want to go through all of the stages? Like, one thing, it's having the same wit as many of these women do. Because for some reason, uh, unhinged women, they are very unreliable. That's one. Uh, two, very unlikable. But they are funny as fuck sometimes. Uh, they, so It's true know, that they are funny because there's... Yeah. Sometimes they're saying, they're saying truth that... Because we want to, we have pressure to being certain type of people. We don't speak mm-hmm. out loud necessarily. Like yeah. I just remember, like in my year of rest and relaxation, when she's talking about her finance boyfriend. 
Yeah. And she's just like very raw about like their relationship. And I just like I laugh out loud because I was like, oh my god, not not that no one is talking about the fans, bro, on the internet or something. <laughs> it was just like I just felt it was so true, or I yeah. it had I could relate relate to that. So yeah, like obviously there's yeah they have yeah exactly they're funny <laughs> sometimes. And you know, most of the time people tend to forget, but like unhinged women are a satire. Of a lot of things, sometimes. Oh, yeah, and uh, it's often, like, pushed to the... Like, it pushed boundaries. That's why... Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and, you know, like, the other problematic within the genre, it's, of course, the obvious lack of diverse representation. Like, yeah. many of... Many of the... Narratives that are presented to us in Unhinged Women are very Eurocentric and, you know very whitewashed from the publishing industry down to like what we're reading and where we are having as conversations like i don't know it's it's something very important to have always in mind that there's a lack of representation there's not a lot of opportunities for uh, bipoc authors when it comes to unhinged genre or m anything in general in yeah the, yeah no uh, publishing industry it's yeah. always like either the token one author that's gonna make it Or, you know, like, the one that pretends to be certain. <laughs> also, you say reader interpretation. That was like... Yes. So when it comes to reader interpretation, I feel like... When it comes in particular to this genre, um, either you can read the book uh, of an unhinged woman as an unlikable and problematic character mm -hmm. or you know you can grasp the in-depth views of what's going on but the problem is also that you know like sometimes some of these books are just written for shock value like there's not there's not a really a critique like right now because it's a big movement uh you can really feed up anything and if people deem it popular they'll be like well yeah she said some very i don't know fat phobic things but you know it's okay because we support women's wrongs mm -hmm. yes but where do you draw the line like mm -hmm. what are you exactly reading and how are you reading it i feel like it's important to always read critically uh especially when it comes to this kind of books um because readers interpretations are very important like again for the bell jar and you know big swiss Many people tend to overlook what's really going on and what are the undertones of both characters. At least for the bell jar, I've seen more negative reviews of like, what the hell? Why are we still praising this? Mm -hmm. And how is this still getting away with with like the amount of racism that it has? Yeah. But the big Swiss, the big conversation is like, it's a great book. You're going to love it if you enjoy this, 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 this. And I'm like, yeah, but I, it's anyone going to address the fact that she really really talks down especially on the asian community like i'm like mm, you know like as readers i feel like we have a big responsibility to inform other fellow readers in general yeah and you know to always be open to criticize it it's okay if you love it that doesn't make you a bad person per se Um, but if you're just gonna overlook it and go 
for the fancies with the girlies like yeah everything was perfect in this book then what are you exactly reading and why <laughs> i don't know it's a big question in general there's books for everything but i feel like when it comes to critics society kind of books there's always this open door for you to like question what were the intentions behind the author's additions to the character's personality like we already know that unhinged women will be flawed yeah but why do we need the necessity of making her even more flawed like to act basically like a freaking karen and no one bats an eye with the the big problem at the source okay you know? let's start with the big problem because um <laughs> the one of the most problematic characters that we uh, in my opinion yeah. for unhinged women that you can encounter in general it's Stuart Wingwood by, uh, by Sylvia Plath from the Bell Jar. This has been established. Yeah. So this piece was written in 1963 and, you know, it has been praised and has been labeled a modern classic. And, you know, it's also Sylvia Plath's only novel. Sylvia Plath is mostly uh, into poetry and, like, you know, some, like, personal pieces. Um she was very talented. No one's going to deny that. Um, you know, the quality of the writing, it's there. Like, she was talented. You can see why she got frustrated when, you know, things weren't going as she was hoping for her and her talent. Yeah. Um, but, you know, many of the passages are very questionable. Like, you know, to cut it short, the story is semi-autobiographical. Uh, biographical with Platt changing the names of the people and places. <laughs> it follows her journey as a young woman on a scholarship in an editorial in New York, brimming with aspirations of one day becoming a poet. But with the rejection from a writing course, she slowly spirals into a psychotic depression. Now, the themes of the, themes of the book range from sexuality and the perception of importance of virginity to a woman's role in the 1950s uh, in the USA. It provides a social commentary and has many feminist underpinnings. Uh, Platt beautifully waves the story and the emotions of Stair Ringwood, uh, Platt's uh, pseudonym, to make them tangible and real to the reader, which I guess it's why the Belger has become the recommendation when it comes to the genre yeah um, and i feel like at that time it was like you said it was very spectacular like they know they never saw that they never saw well maybe they never saw never they never saw someone who was as rough as her i just feel like it was like there there was when i was thinking or reading it because like you said i saw it maybe in Game yeah. of girls or it was just like in all those plastic list and i was like oh i'm a yeah. bad unhinged unhinged uh, lover because lover <laughs> <laughs> i didn't read i didn't read the bible you know yeah uh, oh girly of course <laughs> so but one yeah but okay so i saw i saw the description and everything and i was like oh my god this seems like this seems like a a very like a very good novel but then <laughs> when because it's a good novel that's that's a problem no but if you only like... see the if you only see the the summary you're like mm -hmm. well seems like 
don't know, teen rape, classic, unhinged, unhinged women talking about mental health. But then there's there's the there's a but then the she problem. opens her mouth. Like yeah. the problem with her is that she, and by she I mean the character makes many racial comments and often in a way of direct discrimination like stereotyping and casual mm -hmm. racism are very prevalent throughout the entirety there's not a point of stop uh, for the novel um there's like a passage where Esther Greenwood describes Mexicans as ugly thank you <laughs> and <laughs> describes like, her thanks, own man. reflections as a big smudgy eyed Chinese woman staring idiotically into my face which is a very derogatory reference to the appearance of a Chinese of Chinese women. Um, it's a very hard book in general. Like, there's not a point where like this woman stops herself from like making this kind of comments. She goes on. So you know, like these are just a couple of examples that you know, Esther Rinwood has throughout the novel. Like, there's many others and. The way she expresses her, herself, it's very white feminism, which many people deem understandable because of uh, Sylvia's, pla Sylvia's, you know, um, background. But at the same time, it's when are we going to question the, intersection the intersectionality within this classical books, right? Within this genre, like, where do we draw that line? Where, where are we going with this but the thing with right what we're saying about like draw the line is that it's her comments about like her comments about the appearance of someone else like the there's no reason about like it doesn't bring anything to the table that's why that's why we're just like even though like it was written in a certain time and period where those comments were probably um thrown like people didn't care more than normal i will say they were just acceptable they were, right yeah, they were part of the narrative for a lot of people but at the same time now when we are reading it now in this time period how are people still praising and just overlooking the entire thing that's the entire because i mean it's right? not just one comment or even if it was just no. one like it's part of her freaking personality and that's what people tend to forget like this piece of work was autobiographical yeah like, so it was it, it it has some reflections of what Sylvia Plath thought mm -hmm. Definitely. and felt. Like, and so, we, so, you know, like, eh, John Didion would never. <laughs> you know, I appreciate when people talk about this openly, when they add the proper trigger warnings, because it can be triggering for some people. Like, oh, definitely. Because not everyone will just be like, oh, yeah, I'm okay with, like, the casual racism, like totally fine. No, it 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 is bothersome. Um, and what about um, boy part? What about because <laughs> boy part? Listen, <laughs> boy part has a bad reputation from the the beginning. Just because I feel like people like okay, first of all, I heard about it. People were like, it's very dark, and also people yeah that it's very difficult to understand like it's not it's not an easy read so i was like okay i have to be prepared like mentally prepared so i never mm -hmm. picked it up <laughs> but then Yolanda was like describing it i think we had a conversation with a guest yeah we have 
yeah but you can you can explain it to us what is i <laughs> listen from the three examples that we have i feel like irina is the best one the one that gets a little bit less shit okay but she's still somehow problematic to an extent because there's not a context there's nothing that gives you a reasoning to to understand how she expresses herself mm -hmm. so boy boys it's a novel by elisa clark it was published in 2020 which uh, which is very very recent mm -hmm. and it quickly became a darling among the genre's top recommendations as well uh the book revolves around the life and actions of its protagonist irina uh, the story is set in Newcastle, England, and it explores themes of identity, desire, and transgressive behavior. Irina is a young photographer with a penchant for capturing the male form in all its raw and unfiltered glory. Um, she uses her camera to explore the darker and more controversial aspects of human desire, often pushing the boundaries of acceptability in her work. Irina's art becomes increasingly explicit and provocative, raising questions about the ethics of her artistic pursuits. Um, now, the thing with the thing with Irina and the book, the book really delves into power dynamics and the male gaze. And Elisa Clark is very smart when it comes to these things. The book is very, very uncomfortable to read and you will hate Irina there's not a moment in the book where you're like yeah go you go redemption no. art there's funny things <laughs> there's funny things and reference that she makes for everyone who you know wants to get into the unhinged women without using big words like at some point Timothy Chalamet is mentioned in a certain way that's very funny oh, yeah. so you know yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so it's it's very recent. It's very young. It's fresh. It's very well written. Well, but from the only the description, Irina, it looks <laughs> kind of good. Like it. Listen, I love hate it, and my problem with it is that I cannot read it as a feminist rave because Irina tends to be very misogynistic. Yeah. Apart from her clear fat phobia, which can be understand like that, it's it has not a pass note. No, it's not a passing grade. It's more like you understand why she self loathes on her if she feels fat. Mm -hmm. She's implied to be uh, struggling with an eating disorder. Okay. So I understand that better. Some of her comments are still very, very questionable because it's not only a self-hatred. She hates things that are not thin Oof. by nature. Um, and she has this weird obsession with like very boyish, thin-ish, baguette-like bodies in men. Mm -hmm. Now, when I say she's misogynistic, it's because a lot of the things she says come out as very picky. And I'm like, what's the reason and why? Like many of the violence in the book, it's justified. But at the same time, it's like, where, where do you draw the line? Like a lot of the times she questions also like, or she uses more than question. Uh, she uses a lot of like patriarchy idealistics of how men should 
look like act yeah. oh act. or look okay. in, a, in a way okay. like it's a very weird book like it's not horrible elisa clark is very talented but like there's a point where you're like okay but why why are you telling me all of this why 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 do we have to question everything that's happening around it is it just shock value because it gets very graphic at some point it gets very graphic people describe irina as you know the american psycho for hot girlies and let me tell you it's It can be, but, you know, American Psycho was criticizing something very particular. If you miss that part, go read it again or watch the movie. Mm -hmm. Whatever is easier. But for boy parts, I'm still like, okay, you're questioning power dynamics and you wanted to play about with this. Yeah. But at the same time, um, why? Is this, why is so misogynistic at like, some point? Like you said, at some point, it's not, it's not too... At least uh, it's not fucking racist you know it's not to uh, kind of like go against convention question the convention but it's, like you said it's just yeah. for shock value so I, if it's just shock value it's just like yeah you, you cross the line yeah like we i did we didn't yeah. need that part to understand like that you're criticizing our society like and then a lot of people don't call it out like a lot of people don't call out like the behaviors of Irina and I'm saying this for sure like from Greta, Irina and Esther Irina is the more passable the less uncomfortable to read even if she gets very graphic and violent right but at the same time you're like mm, but what are you questioning then like what you play with all of this topics and themes but like where were you going yeah. Anyway, now onto the big, big star. star of this show. <laughs> big sweat. Um, kind of very recent Bestie. one. To be honest, when I saw, like, there was a, I feel like there was a lot of publicity about it. Like, it was, yeah. Usually, oh, yeah. Like, Irlanda can all tell you, I live under a rock about releases. Like, if it's, like, there is one releases I was very, like, excited about. Um, but I think it's you that told me like that author actually was publishing a book and I was like oh no it was Emily Henry I was like I was very excited for her book <laughs> anyway the big switch <laughs> just like came into the bookstagram and the book talk community and both yeah. both her first the cover the American cover I think with the, the lady who's having a who's like living an exiled moment um it's yeah i feel like it was kind of controversial but also like very aesthetic kind of way. it was like weird it was like i don't know it got a great marketing behind yeah. it like i feel like everyone was talking about it and it got the attention that they wanted because it's it's being adapted are you like, kidding uh there yeah yeah, yeah it's By being who? adapted and the Uh, I think it's I'm like Sam Livingston. Uh, <laughs> that would be such a mess, guys. Uh, such a mess. <laughs> it is going to be messy. So far, people are excited, but you know, um, I saw a booktuber, uh, Jesse, on YouTube. It's her name, and they were questioning the 
the why it's being adapted if it's so fucking problematic because it is straightforward problematic and this is the book that made us question everything we know oh, about yeah, the women because sometimes sometimes you see it being so pumped and so talked about in such a highly way that you 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 want to be part yeah. of it right you want to be part of the conversation like i saw a lot of bookstagrammers talk about it uh, many of whom are some of my favorite <laughs> Uh, people over there and I'm like okay but did you read the same things that I read I know that uh, Janet thinks it's the one who talked openly about the issues of Big Swiss and they are a lot they are a lot it's just <laughs> from, like I where to fucking start <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah okay but I like if HBO is adapting, I hope they do it like they did with um the Bridgerton one. <laughs> they they took the book and they were like, we're burning it and <laughs> making it better. Cause... I mean, they allow the weekend and Sam Levinson to play God with that fucking horrible oh stuff. So I don't know. Oh I God. don't trust this... them. <laughs> I don't so trust them. I just know like like they allowed Sam Levinson to steal from another creator like i i don't know how high my <laughs> expectations are for big swiss apparently the casting has been great people Repeat. were going insane online do you know who it is uh um let me wait see. google or something um <laughs> while she's stepping <laughs> and searching for the i can tell you what the story is about so the story followed greta a transcriber for a sex therapist in new york um she becomes infatuated with her boss, newest client, a woman who she calls Big Swiss. I think that, oh no, he doesn't call her Big Swiss. Swiss from Switzerland, guys, sorry for the accent. It is, yeah. Uh, both women are heavily traumatized, scared, but deal with this very, very differently. As the story unfolds, we see Greta, which is like the main character, and Big Swiss start a historical, weird, and very unethical love story that many unhinged women uh, stand will enjoy. So, yeah, because, yeah, Greta is something, it was very unstable. Um, from, from just the resume, oh yeah, also the things that people were very interested is that um, Big Swiss come to the therapist because even though she's married mm -hmm. uh, she never had an orgasm and she's uh yeah i think she's a, a gynecologist yes. as well and she has never experienced an orgasm that's why people were like that's very interesting yeah compelling. it's a sapphic love story so a lot of people have high expectations of it but the moment fucking greta opens her mouth i'm like why yeah why was this necessary? <laughs> Just like uh, we were talking yeah. about, like how, because how big Swiss was like the the conversation she had with the therapist, like the first time she yep. went into the, um, it's like in the very beginning, guys. This is not a spoiler, um, and because Greta is listening to those tapes, so she never saw those people. Yeah. Because there's other clients, but she never saw those people. But just by the voice, sometimes she recognized the like the people because she lives among them, I guess. Um, but yeah, so she hears that women, um, and 
um <laughs> the psychologist is just like because the girl is like oh i'm from switzerland because he's like oh you have an accent and she's like yeah from switzerland yeah. and then this guy goes on and on and on <laughs> about like other country than switzerland and he's like oh you're swedish and it's like yeah. no like she told you she's from switzerland and she moved she moved to the united states at some point whatever and it was that was so uncomfortable i was like okay where are we getting at so okay that that was one thing that i was like okay that's so weird and there was no reason for that anyway <laughs> and then, and yeah she meets people and she yeah she meets someone who has difficulty uh that's in chapter three she meets someone that seems to have difficulty with socializing and she kind of diagnoses him with like being on the spectrum and she uses the term asperger which is like inaccurate um um yeah it's been changed in the dsm by the way uh, but it's just for me it was like oh my god where are you going with like also i think she was describing because i didn't went far because at some point i was like i really don't want to continue listening but you went further than that in the book yes and you know i i really i really give all the credit to yan and things um that they're uh that's her uh handle bookstagram. on bookstagram if you want to take a look but like there's a lot of things that at first like i didn't feel that they were racist because you know my first language is spanish so a lot of the the terms racist terms or you know discriminatory words are not the same in spanish than in english but like for example um the anti-asian commentaries are crazy they are they just keep coming uh because it seems like she like yeah there's like this particular one where like greta compressed her swollen face and eyes to turning chinese um apparently the entire book is like this um yan is not the first person who talks about it i saw that she had a conversation with someone. You can take a look at their page, uh, at her page, and you're gonna find the post. She has a pin, and you can read about it and with whom her conversation was. But like, a lot of people were just praising so highly Big Swiss, and she came into the conversation like, "Hey guys, like, why are we praising this?" Sure, we understand satire, but when like satire with no context, but also like, it wasn't like. Th- there's someone i think we watched the same youtube video but i i kind of understand what they're talking like i thought like when we started i was like i was very excited about like the gynecologist sexuality aspect of it and i'm like yeah 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 not even like halfway through it like it's out the window so i'm like okay you're not yeah yeah it's like it doesn't follow through like i and also there's like no chemistry between the characters it feels like very unrealistic that something would happen between flavia that's big sis also like and she's with a stalker like greta yeah like when when they and listen that's the least of my concerns because she's supposed to be unhinged but at the same time i'm like 
Mm. No one's talking about. So now the conclusion <laughs> for this. Um, listen, <laughs> we do understand that unhinged women narratives go hand in hand with social criticism and satire. No one's saying that it they should be one-dimensional characters with no flaws. On the contrary, we appreciate the flaws. We appreciate also the they, like we know that the um what we laugh what we like as the unhinged women is that they have controversial opinions yeah. yeah and more than controversial opinions i guess it's like Uncon- the the going yeah, exactly. against the norm kind of that gives us that like serotonin of like yes queen you go you know because like how are you okay supporting all grungs if those grungs include racism or you know fat phobia or homophobia or biphobia because um greta is biphobic as hell yeah, no, she keeps on going. Listen, the, the the list for that character goes on and on. But, like, if it's used for shock value and there's no context and it's just an additional flaw to their all, already flawed and unlikable personality, then what's the freaking point? Where are we going with all of these characters that are just behaving like Karens? Because um, I can assure you, if someone comes and talks away greatest fix in general you'll be like what the fuck uh, (laughs) that to yourself yeah exactly (laughs) it's like I appreciate the feral moments what I don't appreciate and I don't see the reason why Mm -hmm. we're doing this for Sylvia freaking Plath I get it she's from like the last two freaking centuries right like one century ago but for right now where you make your unhinged character racist just to give it a little bit of spice, bestie, that's not how it works. It's not doing any social commentary because in the end, we're just enabling the same stereotypes and, you know, hateful conversations and dialogues against a marginalized yeah. community. You're not bringing anything to the table. You're just hateful. But, you know, too often we excuse this kind of behaviors on characters like this Simply because they are freaking unhinged. Yeah. And that is not necessarily acceptable. It's to, to finally put an end to the... Uh, there's not really recommendations for this time. I would say... Because we... We had, we a, lot had a lot of recommendations. And, you know, I would say the only thing yeah. that we invite you to do is, you know, to join the conversation, dig deeper. There's bookstagrammers who talk about mm-hmm. problematics within the bookstagram community and the books we read, like, for example, Jen and Things, who, you know, she doesn't know, but here we are. Thank you for uh, enlightening us, you know? Like, sometimes you really miss the marks. Um, using my little degree, she's just amazing, phenomenal. Uh, her books, uh, her book mm-hmm. recommendations are very intersectional. And, you know, she's using, she's really using her lit degree. So, you know, if you haven't followed her yet, I would say go <laughs> and do it. It's just amazing. Uh, Esther Fung Reads has also very great uh, recommendations. And I have this recent, not very recent, but recent, very loved account um, on Bookstagram as well. It's a BGL Bookstagram. And not only their graphics are insane, but also her recommendations are just 
beyond amazing. So, you know, those will be the people who I would say, check out uh, what they are reading, what they are recommending. It will give you a new perspective on what you're reading. And, you know, it will help you diversify who you follow and who you read as well. Yeah, because thank you for yeah. Jen and Tins, because um, it was from her post that we got, like, we actually got into, like, this idea of, like... You don't know us, but we love you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> uh, my lovely people, thank you so much for joining another episode. And, you know, we're always here for everything, um, even on our personal accounts. Moving on, Anna, where can people find us? <laughs> you can find us on Sad Big Girl Podcast. I think I think it's pod though on Instagram. Uh, like I always say we're pretty funny. And also we're we're starting our fall yes. fall routine. So it's cute. Please come, do come and join and, us. And you know, we'll see you, talk to you, I guess, next time. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye.